Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. Still a man down. We've got to get our people out there on the streets, boots on the ground. Live football games. Unfortunately, all these live games means man down. We miss you, Stu. We miss you. We hope you're enjoying live football. But we do miss you from the podcast. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review, tell a friend, all of the good stuff that podcasting, you know, comes with, brings, all of that. Anyway, I'll stop talking and uh, we'll get on with some football podcast. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Mm-mm. She's not wrong, lads. And uh, not only lads, lasses, lads and lasses, children, men, women, humankind, shall we say. Welcome in, everybody. It's your weekly football dose. Uh, sadly, we are not back up to our full complement of four once again, as uh, our esteemed Hull-based correspondent is, um, well, Hull-based as we speak. He's at the game that has just finished, which we will come to at the end. So, just myself, Middlesbrough fan, sadly, uh, to bring you uh, all the Middlesbrough news. Um, obviously, as we've said, the whole the whole arm will be uh, dealt with uh, by myself and and the gents and what they can uh, take us through. The Nottingham Forest arm, supplied by Mr Matthew Moore this week. How are you, sir? Good, good. Yeah, you know. All right, yeah. Excellent. And for how many more weeks will the Lincoln City arm be provided by Mr Andrew Cook? How are you, sir? Disappointed is maybe the Oh, way. no. That might be a little bit of a giveaway as to uh, what the results of that. No, I'm just, talking about, I'm just talking about my lot in life. I'm oh, just, you know. I see. Well, we'll get to that. So, week seven. Week seven opened with Hull City versus Coventry City as a Friday night fixture that was not televised because... Sky we had a game on. Uh, Mr. Woodbury, I believe, using his season pass, was indeed in attendance for this with his two boys. And I'm sure if he was here to talk about it, he would tell us it was a fantastic 1-1 draw. I've watched the highlights back. Um, seemed like it was a pretty open game. Uh, Coventry took the lead. Um, there was a corner. Um, knocked in from the right-hand side uh, where uh, Latter Baudier had the freedom of the box to plant his header straight past the whole keeper. Um, Hull had a chance to equalise in the first half when uh, a free ball fell Aaron Connolly's way. Instead of uh, tucking the ball inside the goal, he decided the best thing for him to do would be to 
put it just to the side of the goal, uh, where it doesn't count for as many points. Silly Alan. Um, he would, of course, get the last laugh and the last word on me by popping up with a uh, late equaliser for Hull City when a ball was clipped in from the left-hand side uh, and he uh, got his head on it with a, with a cheeky sort of back header to uh, loft it over the goalkeeper for a 1-1 draw. Uh, sadly, Mr Cook had gone for a 1-0 Hull win with the lap scoring the goal, so doesn't get himself any points. Mr Cook, I've already done. So Mr Moore had gone for a 2-2 draw. Um, gets a point for the draw. Sadly, has got 2-2, not 1-1. Um, does get himself a bonus point, though, because he had got Connolly to score for Hull. Um, myself and Mr Woodmansey both took 1-1 draws as our predictions. So two points there for ourselves. Very, very well done. Uh, I had Delap and Wright to score the goals. Um, Mr Woodmansey had Connolly and Palmer to score the goals. So he gets him to have a bonus point right there. So after the first game, Mr Cook sadly still yet to score. Myself and Mr Moore, two points. Mr Woodmansey, three points. Our second game of the week <sighs> took us to Blackburn, where Blackburn Rovers took on Middlesbrough and Blackburn were celebrating their 5,000 league game as a football league club. Should have known, really. That tells you all you need to know. Big, big landmark game. Borough in town. What should we do? We'll give them the opening goal. And I believe this may be the first time I've known this phenomenon happened. So, I'm assuming you boys are familiar with the uh, the phenomenon now where, I say phenomenon, it makes it sound harsh. Um, the situation, so to say, the scenario now at a football game where, say, a supporter or someone close to the club has unfortunately passed away. Um, the, the supporters normally will get sort of in touch with each other and sort of make it known that at a certain time during the game, so for example, the 30th minute, for example, uh, a round of applause will go around the ground as like a mark, as like a tribute to the, the supporter in question. Um, I believe this may have been someone actually connected with the club from a Blackburn perspective. Um, I didn't catch the name, so apologies to any Blackburn fans that might be uh, taking part of the podcast this week. Um, I didn't actually catch the name of the unfortunate supporter who passed away. But during the moment's applause, Blackburn scored! <sighs> the ball was played through. Uh, I don't know the guy who was on the, at the end of the assist. I wasn't paying attention because I was that pissed off. Um, just kind of played through the centre of the park. Standard, as seems to be the case this season. Borough not putting up any sort of effort whatsoever. Ball played into Smodix on the edge of the box, where he um, turned and slotted it straight past the keeper. No real, no real shame on um, Senny Dieng for not saving it, as it was pretty much the edge of the box. You're not really going to save many from that sort of area tight in. Um, that's it. Was at half time. Second half starts. More of the same. Smodix gets the ball into his feet on the edge of the box. No defender goes to close it down. 
he smashes the ball home for a 2-0 lead. Um, slightly further on into the second half, uh, Johnny Allison broke into the box, um, picked out what looked at the time to be a horrendously offside Matt Crooks to uh, took the ball away. Linesman, obviously, either really, really hates Blackburn or just decided to not use his eyes on this particular Saturday afternoon. Didn't raise his flag. It was 100% offside, two or three yards at least. But the goal stood. Uh, so Matt Crooks gets uh, gets one back for the Borough. Um, and the game kind of petered out from that point uh, from that point onwards. Uh, I think Borough had a couple more chances. Blackburn could have taken a further lead. Uh, but no more goals. So the game finishes in a 2-1 win to Blackburn. Middlesbrough still looking for their first league win of the season. Stewart gone for a nil-nil draw in this one, so sadly gets himself no points. Uh, Andy had gone for a one-nil Middlesbrough win with a latte laugh goal. He also sadly gets no points. Matt had gone for a one-one draw with Buckley and Fours to get the goals. No points for him. I was the only sensible one who'd gone for a one-nil Blackburn win with Hedges to score the goal, so I get myself a point for the results. Next up, it's Mr. Cook's team, and I assume you watched this game, Mr. Cook, to give us the the rundown of all the highlights and all the goals that were scored in it. Um, I was otherwise engaged. Ah, you didn't have you didn't have the time to spend. You went to Lincoln, but you went to the market instead of going to the game. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was. I could I could always tell. I could always tell him he's, he's a creature of habit, no less. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, Lincoln City versus Carlisle United uh, played out a 1-1 draw. Uh, I will just double-check, because I believe it was actually Carlisle who took the lead in this one. Uh, much to uh, probably the surprise of, um, I dare say, Mr. Uh, Mr. Matthew Moore, who, uh, as, we, as we know from the podcast last week, had said that uh, Carlisle were... Not good when he'd seen them play against Port Vale, um, and I believe that was a correct assessment, was it not, Mister uh, Mister Moore? Oh yeah, they were they were not a good team now. Well, they, they obviously uh, must have listened and uh, thought, well, we're not going to take that line though. Uh, <laughs> and Luke Luke Plange of all people popped up in the 19th minute to open the scoring for Carlisle. Uh, Lincoln managed to get an equaliser in the 49th minute from Ethan Hamilton. But sadly, there were no more goals in this one. This one peeking out to a 1 1 draw. We'd all gone for varying degrees of Lincoln win, sadly. So none of us got points for the result. Um, uh, Stu had 1 0 with Mandriu to score. Matt had 2 0 with Hackett Fairchild and Bishop to score. Andy had 2 0 with Hackett Fairchild and Duffy to score. And I had 2 0 with A. Smith and Hamilton. To score, so no points for the for the for the result, but I managed to get myself a bonus point for the scorer. I didn't give a score update after the Blackburn game, so I'll give it now. Three games in, and yet to score. So, uh, Matt on two points, Stu on three points, myself on four points. And speaking of Mr. Moore, our next game of the week took us to the Monday Night Football, the first of the uh, of three games that were televised for the rest of the uh, of the week. Um, where Nottingham Forest took on 
Burnley. How did this one play out in the end, Mark? I suppose in a, in a way it's a bit of a, a disappointing one-all draw, I think, um, from the reports and from what I, what I saw of it, it sounded like Forrest dominated quite a good chunk of the match, I think, um, so going through the first half I think Forrest had a good few chances, tested the keeper, Burnley showed them to themselves to be quite open at the back, um, but Forrest couldn't take advantage of it. I think the Burnley keeper did well. And just before half-time, their left winger, uh, who apparently called, caused Forrest a lot of trouble all through the night, uh, managed to get to the byline, cut it back. And, I mean, kind of luckily for Bur Burnley, it looked like the, the striker kind of fluffed his shot and it went to the other guy who then slotted it in the back of the net. So 1-0 to Burnley just again, just before half-time against them on a play. I think they grew in confidence and started the second half a bit better. But then um, then Forrest hit back on the hour mark, or about the hour mark, with a crossing from the right. Um, and a one, you took it down, laid it back to uh, hudson Adoy, who uh, a deadline day signing who curled it into the back of the net it was absolutely yeah it was an absolutely cracking finish um, and the game kind of didn't peter out into a draw I think it kind of was a bit kind of rough and tumble um, Forrest might have got away with one with uh, Sanderberg they said it was a handball I mean I think the thing what you got to say is at the end of the day it was handball you know intentional or not Handball. I think this is the thing. People are like, oh, it wasn't intentional. It's handball. You know, it's not whether you do it on purpose. You know. I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. I had this conversation with Panas at work on, uh, on Tuesday lunchtime. I don't think it was handball, mainly because on the rules, they've stated that the T-shirt line, as it were, so, in theory, if you're wearing a short sleeve shirt or where a short sleeve shirt would come to an end would constitute where the arm stops becoming the arm and it becomes like the arm pit, which obviously you can control you can control the ball with the arm pit, I believe. Right. I don't know if that's true. But if you actually look back on the, on the replay, the ball kind of sort of like... It packed him right on the edge of the sort of the t-shirt line, right? So because it's like because it's like half and half, you can sort of argue either way that it is handball or it's not handball. So I'll just so, I'll just so, throw so, that with like a sort of an impartiality sort of perspective. You could make an argument either way. This comes under the bracket of stupid rules that are coming into football at the moment because. Oh, look, you can see my arm. Oh, it's gone now because it's hidden under a T-shirt. It's like playing with a child going, Oh, I've disappeared because you can't see my face. It's still your arm. Last time I checked, it's not. Oh, because it's under your T-shirt, it's now part of your body. What a ridiculous rule this is. It's And, and people, I, see this is where I, 
people bitch and moan about VAR and it's got its faults, trust me. But previous to that, we bitched and moaned about them not getting the results right. I would hate to be a referee because oh, the rules are so fickle and to the like, minutiae of things that no wonder they're getting things wrong because, you know, you look at it and you go, oh, well, it is technically the wrong, but oh, they're wearing a t-shirt, so oh, kind of thing. You know, so are we going to say long sleeve t-shirts are now, oh, well, the end of the t-shirt's the cuff, so... They've not touched that with their arm because it's in a T-shirt, a long sleeve T-shirt. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, it looked like handball to me. It looked like he redirected the ball. It, it took a nudge that took it away from McKenna, who was challenging him, that led to him being able to take the crossing. Where it hit him, I don't know. It looked like his arm. And by that, I mean everything from the shoulder downwards, which is your arm. Um, <laughs> I'm not having to go at you on that one. I'm having to go at the rule makers on that one. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so it kind of went out. Uh, so kind of goes out to a draw. They had a guy sent off for violent conduct, I presume. I haven't seen who it is who he was fouling. I think it was Ryan Yates. Uh um, and you know we know how his, his ability to get under people's skin and get a, get a sending off, but that elbow he chucked was vicious. And if that was against Marcus Rashford, we wouldn't see him for another four weeks. The way that guy goes down like a sack of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So again, to play devil advocate, I'm the first person on this podcast who calls out Ryan Yates for being a shit house and stuff like that. <laughs> he, he, he took one full-blooded, straight to the solar plexus. And oh. probably could have made more of it, to be fair. That guy properly... You even see... Like, I said to, to Panas, I can understand if he's done that thing where, so say, like, you, stop, you sort of shrug the guy off like that. Oh, no, he but stopped him through the elbow. He, had, he, had, he, was, he was in contact with him, pulls his arm away, and bam, straight into the middle of his chest. So he knew exactly what he was doing, and he'll get the full three-game ban for it, the stupid prick. It, I mean, there was a, a serious amount of shithousing going on by Ryan Yates leading up to the incident as well. But, yeah, it's not on, and you've got to learn. It's it's that harsh kind of thing of you can tell that they were in the in in the uh, championship last year because you might have got away with that one. You probably wouldn't because it would have gone... Like on a video review after the game, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been sent off in the game, but he would have still got the retrospective back, yeah. stuff like that. But I know. So yeah, goes to a draw. I've seen a lot of people say it was two points dropped. Yeah, but we're kind of up on the deal at the moment anyway. So you know, if, if someone said we got to the end of September with seven points, I know we've got another game in the meantime, but. Still, if we got to the end of September with seven points, we'd be quite chuffed with ourselves, and we're at seven points. So, yeah, I was going to—I was going to say it's almost as if they're playing house money, but I think that that'd be probably a little bit too sort of like harsh in saying that they're sort of like pissing about as far. But I think kind of similar to what we said last year. If you said, obviously, at the start of the season, by the end of September, 
you'll you'll have more points on the board than you did last season. And you'll be in the top half. I'm assuming you'd have snapped my hand off right away. Well, I think I, I think I said in the preview podcast that if people had any spare cash, that it might be worth putting some money on Steve Cooper being the first manager sacked. Because <laughs> that was my worry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've got to take once again, we're bedding in 11 players or something like that, however many we signed. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Aye. Uh, Predictions-wise, uh, myself, I'd gone for a 1-0 Forest win with a 1-meter score. Andy had gone for a 2-0 Forest uh, win with a 1-year wood to score. Matt had gone for a 2-1 Forest win with a 1-year and Ilanga to score for Forest and Trezor to score for Burnley. Mr. Woodmansey, however, had gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. Yates and Gibbs-White to score for Forest, Foster and Berg, or Berge, as they were calling him on Sky Sports, I noticed. Um, to score for Burnley. So uh, Mr. Woodman gets himself a point for the correct result there. So, moves himself on to four points for the week level with myself, Matt on two, Andy sadly still gets the score. Our fifth game of the week took us back to Sheffield. I say back to Sheffield, we haven't been to Sheffield yet this week, but it took us to Sheffield, where Sheffield Wednesday took on Middlesbrough. Um, I have absolutely no idea what possessed Sky to put this on TV as it turned out to be 23rd playing 24th. <laughs> oh, good God. To say this was woefully inept would be to be generous to it. The first half was one of the worst games, of, one of the worst halves of football I think I've ever seen Middlesbrough play. All over the shop. So many loose passes, so many misplaced passes. A lot of the, a lot of time where players are just running around aimlessly with no sort of direction. The left back looks completely out of his depth. He was taken off at half time because he was just getting tortured down the Wednesday right hand side. There are major major issues at Borough that need fixing. Um, they actually started the game okay. No real chances at either end. Um, Wednesday ended up taking the lead. Um, Josh Windus actually got injured um, in a coming together with Hayden Hatney uh, quite early on in the first half. And he actually got a bucket because he, um, he kind of tried to... He felt like the, the ball was there to be won. And he almost sort of went through Hackney to try and win it. But he was very late getting there. Um, and he almost felt like he'd left a little bit on Hackney. Um, and I thought he was quite right in books. But he tried to play on. Injured himself in the process. He was making the challenge. Couldn't play on. Uh, and his replacement, Musaba, was the guy who uh, popped up in the box at the right time to uh, score the goal. The ball was played down the right-hand side. Um, strangely enough, this time, not on the left back, it was on Josh Coburn who was tracking back, didn't get tight enough to the guy who was, who was cutting in the right hand side, the ball was played into the uh, in the box where Masaba found himself near the penalty spot unmarked, just to stick it home for 1-0 and the that's ninth time this season that Middlesbrough played a game and gone behind um, in case you can count that 100% of the games they've played 
Um, they actually reacted quite quite well to it. Obviously, they went in one 0 down at half time. Made the change. Isaiah Jones came on to the left back. Lucas Engel, bit of a ring shuffle. The guy who was playing right back went to left back, and Isaiah Jones slotted in at right back. Um, he kind of changed the game. To be fair, he was everything positive. Um, Rad going forward. Here's what I found. No one asked you a goddamn thing. Um, uh, and it was his sort of industry that, that led to the equaliser. Um, won, he won a corner uh, for uh, for Borough, and uh, Aidan O'Brien took it. Um, the ball was swung in, uh, and Darren Lenehan managed to make his way up from the back. Um, managed to get on the end of it and stab the ball in from the edge of the six-yard box. Um, at, at first glance, it looked as if it was Coburn that scored, but it was actually Darren Lenehan. Um, who got on the end of it uh, and in the second half it was pretty much all Borough um, Josh Coburn had a, had a great chance to win it about 70 minutes in where he bullied their centre half off the ball um, cut back onto his right and then um, rather than he was on the edge of, he was kind of on the edge of the box um, and he was in a position where he kind of needed to almost finish it in a similar style to Hudson Adoy and put some curl on it um, but he just he just put his laces through, so the ball was going to fade away from the goal rather than in towards the goal. Um, a couple more chances in there. Uh, Borough did have it in yeah, the ball in the back of the net, but um, uh, it was Matt Crooks again actually. Uh, but he, this time he was flagged as, uh, as offside, and it was offside. Um, this one actually the uh, the linesman or the referee's assistant on this game was actually open. His eyes were open this time, so he did correctly flag the offside. That one, uh, Sheffield Wednesday could have won it right at the death. Um, there was a guy who was on the free on the edge of the box, uh, just completely missing his shot wide wide of the post, uh, and it eventually panned out to a one-one draw. So, sadly, both teams are still looking for their first league win of the season. Um, Stewart gone for a one-nil Borough win on this one with Latte Laugh to score the goal. No points there. Andy had gone 2-0 with Latte Laugh and Fours. Sadly, no points there. I'd gone 2-1. Windass to start for Wednesday. Fours and Coburn to start for the Borough. And uh, no points there. Mr. Moore, however, had gone for a 1-1 draw. Two points right there. Bannon and Latte Laugh to score the goals. Sadly, no bonus points. I'm just going to rattle through these last couple of games as uh, no one needs to um, do any uh, anything with the next bit of information I'm going to give everyone. Derby County versus Lincoln City in the EFL Trophy. Derby won the game 2-0 with Barcaden and Sibley. Um, everyone's worst nightmare on the podcast because it now means we've got the Derby's games for the next couple of weeks until someone beats them. Come on, Carlisle. You're, uh, you're, our, you're our only hope. We'll flash forward to uh, next week's predictions. Um, no one. Oh no, I, d- I tell a lie. Um, I picked the one-one draw. Neither of the goal scorers. Uh, Matt had picked a two-one win for Lincoln, but didn't have the goal scorers. Andy had gone for a three-nil win for Lincoln, but sadly no goal scorers. Stu had picked a one-nil Derby County win, uh, but didn't pick the goal scorers. So got himself a bonus point there. So. As we go into the last game, I'm on four points. Stu is on five points. Matt is also on four points. Andy, 
still to get off the mark, sadly, on zero points. Now, our last game is Hull City versus Leeds United, the game where Mr Woodmancy was in attendance once again. Uh, the game has only just finished within the last sort of uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, and sadly, it was a nil-nil draw. It seemed like a bit of a drab, sort of uh, dreary affair here where nothing really sort of went on. Um, from what I saw of it, Hull should really have won this game as uh, in about the 88th minute, um, Adama Traore was, was clean, clean free in the middle of the box. Um don't even think the keeper was there, uh, and he somehow managed to hit the post from maybe about two or three yards out. One of one of the worst misses I think I've ever seen. Uh, when Mr. Woodmanty is back on the podcast, we will of course ask him to break that one down for us. Um, but from a predictions perspective, Andy gone for a four-nil full win. So sadly, no points there. Uh, Stewart gone for a two-nil, uh, sorry, a two-one Leeds win. So no points for Mr. Woodmancy. Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw. So point for Matt. I had gone for a 2-2 draw. So point for me. All that means is that after seven games, sadly Andy scored no points. But Matt... Five points. So it's another tied week from a predictions perspective. Whoa, week eight is, uh, is upon us, where there are one, two, three, four, five games to predict. Don't, uh, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. You don't need to do anything, as uh, the feed will just carry straight on. But we're going to take a small break before we bring you week eight predictions. Recording in progress. So, week eight predictions start with a trip for Nottingham Forest to the Etihad to take on treble winning Manchester City. This this game last season produced quite a few goals. Will we see something similar this season? I wonder. It's Mr Moore's team, so he will go last. I do have myself and Mr. Woodmancy's predictions already in this book. So why don't we go to Mr. Cook for his predictions first, and then I will get mine and Stu's according. It's one of those situations where I, I try and be the, the positive light, the beacon of positivity on this podcast. Week in, week out, it smacks me in the face. I... I've given a goal because he's in the room. I haven't given the win, unfortunately. It's 2-1 to Man City. Um, I've gone with Haaland uh, and Fodden. Haaland and Fodden? Mm. Haaland, that shit bastard. Uh, you Forest goal scorer? A one-year. Incredibly, myself and Stu have both gone for pretty much bang on the same score and scorers. We've both gone 4-1 City. 
We've both picked a one-year to score for Forrest. We've both put Haaland to score twice. I've got Alvarez to score twice. Stu's got Alvarez and Foden for the other two. Matt, how is it going to actually pan out? I've gone for a 3-1 Manchester City win. Yeah. With Haaland, Alvarez and Doku. Jeremy Doku. And your Forest Coaster? A full house for this one. I've gone to one ye. Um, yeah, I, I think Forest will go and they'll have the the, 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 the phrase that everybody, oh, the low block and bleh. Well, yeah, you know, don't go, and get, don't go there and get stuffed. You know, that's what the kind of objective is. And 3D1 objectively could be a stuffing, but yeah, you know, I think with the with the players that they've got and the team that they can put out there, it'll be the five at the back, three in midfield, and go from there. Um, but yeah, you just don't just trying not to get stuffed, basically. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically how most teams have to turn up at seasons, isn't it? Just sort of kind of pray that they're not going to get just a shot to pieces, basically. Yeah. Um. Next game sees Middlesbrough take on Southampton. Obviously, it's my team, so I will give my prediction last. Stu's gone in with a nil-nil draw on this one. Having looked at the form, obviously, Borough still to get off the mark win-wise in the league this season. Southampton, however, have lost the last three. Included in that is a 5-0 loss away at Sunderland and a 4-1 loss at home to Leicester. Don't know if that's going to sway you in any way, lads, but uh, Matt, what have you got for this uh, it, it did kind of sway me. Obviously, I don't rate them. I don't rate Southampton's manager because he's done the square root of you-know-what last <laughs> Swansea. So, I've gone for a 2-1 Borough win. What?! Itself back and back, but, you know. I think the springboard of the one-all draw and coming back. Yeah. Last Go night, on. Crooks and McCree. Crooks, McCree, and he goes for Southampton. Good northeast lad, uh, Adam Armstrong. Fresh from his trip to Milan, no doubt, because you know, apparently every man and his dog who's from Tyneside probably was in Milan this week. Uh, Andy, again, uh, a, a Borough bounce back two nil. I mean, you and Stu have both gone for Borough to not concede. At some point, you are going to have to get that brain checked. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, goal scorers, please. Uh, Latte laugh and falls. Sadly, I, uh, I don't see this getting any better for the borough at the moment. Um, 
too many players are off the pace. Um, so I've gone for a 2-1 Southampton win. You might argue this is a perfect time to play Southampton as they're in absolutely rotten form. Um, but Borough are in absolutely rotten form. So, like, where do you draw the line? Um, I've gone for Latte Laugh to score for the Borough. Adams and Armstrong to score for Southampton. You'd like to think there's a win coming somewhere, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Really couldn't tell you where it's coming from because all I'm seeing at the moment is desperately bad football. Uh, our next game takes us over to Cumbria, where Carlisle United take on, and I'm going to say this very, very lightly and with absolutely no want in my in my mouth. Andrew Cooks, Derby County. Sounds bad, doesn't it? Just doesn't sound right. So Andy's team, ugh, shudder, will come to him last. Uh, Matt, what have you got for this one? One nil, Carlisle. <laughs> Goal score. Garner. Is that ex Forest doing the business? Is that what you're hoping for? Is that is that Joe Garner? Is it? I believe it's that Joe Garner. Oh, fingers crossed! Then I just went with it because it reminded me of Joe Garner, and I knew he played at Carlisle for a bit. But I wasn't sure whether he was still playing. Yeah, I think I think it's him, unless it's just a new youth, new youth lad. Um, I am on the similar boat to you. I've gone for a two-one Carlisle win. I've gone for Garner. If it's not the same then, you know, hopefully he's, he's channeling his inner Joe Garner, shall we say. And Guy, that's not only just saying, like, whoever scores, I'll just have the point. It's got to be scored by Guy. G-U-Y on his back. Um, and I've gone for Collins to score for Dorby. Um, Stu, obviously, He's been uh, keeping his Derby tattoo very, very sort of well concealed from us. Has he gone for a 1 0 Derby win? And I think he's only gone and picked a bloody ex Hull player to score with Elder to get the goal. There's a reason he's not on the podcast, and it's because of disgusting behaviour like this. He's picked Derby to win twice. He's a filthy, he's a filthy bastard, is what, he's, what he is, is what it is. He'll defend uh, it back He'll defend it back saying he's reverse jinxing, but we know yes, what it is. That, that could that could be it. Um, how are your boys gonna get on? Um, Stu's been hiding that diary tattoo on uh, that area that's you know not his arm. It's it's under the t-shirt. Couldn't exist. It's an imaginary place. As I may, as I may have offline alluded to, I have um, a a form of connection to this team, um, and because of that, I am I am happy to be a supporter. So it's a one nil Carlisle win for me, please. Uh, Maguire to score. Lovely stuff. Our next game 
uh, is a, 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 a basic connection back to Mr. Muller, even though it's not his team. It's Stoke City versus Hull City. Uh, this one, live on Sky Television on the 12pm on Sunday. Um, it's Mr. Woman's team. I will give his uh, prediction last. Um, I'll jump straight in here. I've gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. I've gone for Wesley to score for Stoke and Delap to score for Hull. Andy, what have you got for this one? Uh, if, you, if you take the Stoke goal scorer out of your prediction, it's exactly the same. It's 1-0 to Hull with Delap scoring that there goal. Very, very nice. Uh, Matt? I've gone for a 2-1 Hull win. Excellent. Goal scorer for Stoke? Vidigal. What? Vidigal. V-I-D-I-G-A-L. in the squad well, I don't know he didn't play tonight let me just have a quick check and see if he played on Saturday um, <laughs> what's his name again Vidigal, I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's in the squad anywhere. I wasn't in the squad today either. Oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing news of injury news. Ah, damn it! Um, I'll, I'll put a player injured. Burger. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because um, uh, Stu may have also picked that guy to score, but I'll, I'll, I'll go into it later on. Uh, your two goal scorers for Hull or your... Uh, Delap and Connolly. Connolly. Yes, so, um, Mr. Mr. Woodman, he did make me laugh earlier in the week when he sent me his predictions as um, he's gone for a 1-0 Stoke win with, and I swear to God, this is this guy's name, Wooterberger. So there's a guy who plays for Stoke, and his name is basically the franchise Waterburger. That is absolutely fantastic. If it turns out he's 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 another player, I want him at the Borough. Because I just love that name. Waterburger. Waterburger. So, four games down, one game to go, and it is League Cup football. Specifically, third round League Cup football. And it takes us to West Yorkshire, where Bradford City will be taking on Middlesbrough. Not only will this game not be broadcast live on TV, but it will be attended in person by this man right here. Mm -hmm. Taking in... My first Middlesbrough game of the season. 
What the hell am I doing? <laughs> my team, I will give my prediction last. Um, I'll just jump in straight here with Stu's prediction. He has gone for a 1-0 Bradford City win. He does not care about me one little bit. Um, he has gone for a fucker to score for Bradford. I would probably say why he's picked that, but that might get us taken off certain platforms. As uh, you can probably make your uh, your, your own sort of um, mind up as to what A F O K A could also sa- sort of sound like. Uh, Matt, I've gone for two one Borough win. Goal scorers Walker for Bradford. Roger, Rogers, Rogers, yeah, and uh, Latte Leith. Latte Leith. Andy. Nice, simple, easy. One nil. Borough win. Goal scorer. I wanted to mix it up. I wanted a different goal scorer, so I went with somebody that's almost definitely not even in the squad. Uh, Silvera. Very much in the squad. Very, very wasteful last night. Very bad. Looked way short of leap pace, let's put it that way. Um, I've gone, stupidly, for a 2-0 win. For Borough, I'm reading it and I'm like, I, 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 I honestly don't quite believe it myself. I, I honestly think I'm going to go to a game where Middlesbrough aren't going to one concede and two concede the first goal in the game. Um, I've gone for Barlazer to score and Rogers to score as for some reason Barlazer's pissed on someone's chips in the uh, coaching staff because he ain't getting a look in at all at the minute so he's either really really shit or they just don't like him because that team at the minute is god awful there you have it ladies and gentlemen those are your week 8 predictions in the bag thank you to Mr Cook and Mr Moore joining me as always to go through the, uh, the week of games join us again Oh, have you got some stuff? Oh yeah, just I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the podcast without a bit of Forest transfer news. Oh, bloody hell! Go on. Well, if there's a transfer window open somewhere, we're going to find some way of either selling someone or buying someone. <laughs> so, since last week, Emmanuel Dennis has left the building to go Didn't on loan club in Turkey. Okay. And Julian. Bianconi has moved to Olympiacos. Is that uh, one a permanent? Yeah, that one's a permanent one. It was unfortunate he did his cruciate ligament in the League Cup early on, I think, something like that. Um, didn't really get a look in and has just fallen down the pecking order and is off to Olympiacos. Apparently a really popular guy around the club. Like everybody, He was on everybody's, and I know it's not the most important thing, but when they stayed up, he was on everybody's Instagram video celebrating and stuff like that. And they all seemed to really like him. Um, but yeah, so those those two players are out of the building. And now I'm hoping that there genuinely will not be any more Forest 
um, transfer news. But you never know. We'll cross our fingers, ladies and gentlemen, and keep them crossed until at least January the 1st. Thank you, Mr. Moore, for uh, giving us that little update. Sadly, there's no update from a Borough perspective, as, um, yeah, why would there be? Um, Join us again next week, where we'll go through the games that we've just predicted. You'll probably be able to tell within the first eight seconds of the podcast uh, how my evening at Bradford went. Um... But yes, until then, ladies and gentlemen, stay, uh, keep safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. That's half for now. So there we go, what do you think of that? Another one done, another set of games gone, another set of games to come. So many games. Oh, all that football. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, thank you for being here. If you want to be more of a part of the crew... Click like, click share, click subscribe. Check out the website, it's thecookiecast.com. There you can uh, check out our social media links and email button. You can get in touch with us however you want. That is it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.